your weekly fix of Asian music. This is Asian Pop Nation. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Asian Pop Nation. Thanks for joining me tonight. I'm JP, alongside our team, Zanya, Aaron, Tracy, Jana, Ethan, and Lee. Whew, we're filled out tonight. Uh, the song you listened to just now was Stupid O'Clock by Victon. And the song we played at first was Hot by Seventeen. So, just a little announcement. Our usual person, Lisha, is unfortunately not here with us tonight. Uh, she's going to be in Malaysia for about a month. So, I'm going to be her little replacement for now. Uh, Yoroshiku onagashimasu, everyone. Uh, but anyway, we have a few interesting stories. One of them being the return of the infamous Hunter x Hunter manga. We have a story about BTS joining forces with Joe Biden in the White House. Some discussions about the Cannes Film Festival and some interesting Asian films that are coming out. And a very, very odd story of a Japanese man uh, with a dream to become a dog. But until then, stay tuned for our next track, Uo, by Yuri. Yo, 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 you're listening to Asian Pop Nation, Sin's flagship show for everything related to Asian pop. So, we played Uwo by Yuri Dokboki by Bauer and Omega Sapien, and Aoi Hadaka by Gesuno Kiwami Otome. You know, that last song was quite funky, but you know what else is funky? A cool manga, especially an interesting manga called Hunter x Hunter. We have much to say about this matter, so uh, take it away, team. Anyone here watch Hunter x Hunter? I mean, Hunter x Hunter. Well, either pronunciation is <laughs> fine, man. But yeah, what about Hunter x Hunter, Lee? So Hunter x Hunter is coming back. The author Yoshihiro Togashi posted on Twitter drafts of supposedly new chapters of the manga. The pictures are usually very cryptic, showing only little snippets of the pages, but it has fans excited nonetheless. So for those who haven't seen Hunter Hunter, uh, the story pretty much focuses on a young boy named Gon Freaks, who discovers that his father, who left him at a young age, is actually a world-renowned hunter which is a licensed professional who specializes in pursuits such as locating rare or unidentified animal species, treasure hunting, surveying unexplored enclaves, or hunting down lawless individuals. So Gon departs on a journey to become a hunter and eventually to find his father. Along the way, Gon meets various other hunters and encounters the paranormal. So who here has read or watched Hunter Hunter? I haven't. Bro, neither but have I, I. I just wanted to ask, like, is it the manga that had stopped or the anime that had stopped and they, is now coming back? Because I never stopped. knew it left. No, the, stopped. the anime stopped around 2016, if I remember correctly, but the manga put on a massive hiatus for, I think, eight years or something. I could be wrong about that. Really? Was it, like, health issues? Or? No, I think it was four years or over four years. <clears throat> yeah, we'll go before then. Who else has... I haven't bro, seen it. Bro, I have yeah. straight up not touched Hunter x Hunter at all. Is it I had just this... like the rule you don't touch massive shonen or? Oh, no, it's just oh, that no, I have, no, I've never got around to it. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I had this one annoying friend that kept on pushing it on me. I'm like, yeah, I'm never reading yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get you. You just like do it out of spite, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. Mm. Oh, okay. How about Aaron? Have you? You're the anime expert, right? Don't call me that. You are. <laughs> I'm with JP on this one. I've seen probably some snippets of clips, but everyone else just told me to either watch it or just go watch it with them. I'm just like, I'll do it when I get the chance. Three years later, still haven't seen it yet. Really? Okay, so I'm the only one who has. The only scene is when uh, 
Is it Leario? The one with the glasses? Leario, yeah. Yeah, I just remember seeing him like punching up, spoiler, as one of the punches episodes, stuff like that. Uh, oh, yeah. Hit Gon's father. It was in the courtroom. It was like in a massive uh, debate scene, that's it. Oh, okay. I do remember that. That was like yeah. near the end. Yeah, that yeah. Near, that's the only scene I that's the only scene that's related to Hunter X I've seen. And I just laugh with no context at all. Oh. Hmm. Wait, so how much have how much of Hunter X Hunter have you watched, Lee? I watched all of it. All of it. The pandemic where I had nothing to do. Oh so, my god. Yeah, yeah listen. You to watch it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the 2011 one. The 2011 one. Okay, see, so I'm saying the original Okay. Yeah, I heard there were two versions. Yeah, oh. that's crazy. Okay. Yeah, the 99 from 99 to 2001, and then you got the 2011 to 26, no, 2014. Yep. Oh, okay. Lee, Lee, for as someone who hasn't really read Hunter x Hunter or watched Hunter x Hunter, or like consumed anything about it like could you give me the rundown on like what kind of show it actually is because i got no idea people are so hyped over this and i'm like oh yeah but you know what's uh, going on pretty much it's like an adventure type of deal where this gone which is the main character is trying to find his dad mm-hmm. who left him Damn. he wants to become a hunter um so that he can find his dad who is he's like the greatest hunter in the whole world oh really but yeah, he pretty much like follows clues left by his dad. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so it's like hey, it sounds it's, like a cool dad. Yeah, um, except the whole leaving part, you know. <laughs> yeah, so apparently in the manga, it said that Togon's like auntie or whatever uh-huh. kicked his dad out, but uh-huh. then in the anime, it said that his dad left him. Yeah, I think it's mid. Not gonna lie, it's mid the show. Would yeah. you person? Would you personally <laughs> no, recommend sorry. it to people here? I would, but I don't recommend the last arc, which really? is the end. For me, maybe it was like super dragged out, and yeah, it was like One Piece pacing, but One even Piece less. pacing, dude. Oh, yeah. Wait, what does like that mean? Thousands. What does it mean by One Piece pacing? It takes too long. It will take like three episodes for one character to throw a punch. Really? Wait, wait. Well, no, that's that's an exaggeration, but yeah, pretty much. That's what One Piece is like. Maybe it wasn't just the last arc wasn't for me. I feel like if I didn't watch the last arc, I would really like it. Uh huh. But yeah, I also did not read the manga. Man. Well, what do you think we can expect from this return, Lee? Because we haven't seen Hunter x Hunter around for a very long um, time. I think it would be great. But yeah, because I think they're exploring like a new continent. Yeah, I think it'll be good though. Right, cool. So Lee, (laughs) if our listeners want to let us know about their spicy, spicy opinions on Hunter x Hunter, (laughs) where can they go? They can go to our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Asian Pop Nation to let us know. Yeah. Yeah. Let's Hunter x Hunter. (laughs) Okay, we're done. Wow, so it's the return of a legend. Spirits are high tonight, folks, so stay tuned here on Asian Pop Nation. A little later, we're going to have another interesting discussion about BTS and Biden joining forces. But until then, we have our next track, Anima Naked Style by Riona. Yo, 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 this is Asian Pop Nation, your one-stop shop for Asian pop. Uh, that was terrible, but what wasn't terrible were the songs we played. We played Anima Naked Style by Riona, Moon Party by Red, and D-Day by Gamma featuring Unofficial Boy and Rancia. So, 
Now we have some interesting discussion for a big thing that happened, a collab between BTS and the American US President Joe Biden. No, unfortunately, they're not coming out with a new track, but there is some interesting stuff to talk about. So take it away, team. So this year for AANHPI Heritage Month, which stands for Asian American and Native Hawaiian slash Pacific Islander. President Joe Biden invited the very famous Asians, BTS, to the White House. The purpose of this invitation was the celebration of AANHPI Heritage Month, with BTS also discussing the unfortunate increase in anti-Asian hate crimes and discrimination. After the press briefing, President Joe Biden and BTS officially posted photos and videos of their meetings through their social media platforms. They have some nice pictures with President Biden where they are doing finger hearts. Oh, it's amazing. Hey. They're all Whoa. doing little finger hearts. And President Biden is also doing a little finger heart. <laughs> In terms of fun things that happened at the event, um, there was a journalist that yelled out, BTS fighting as they walked out. And there's a wonderful video of like three rows of journalists turning their heads back and looking a bit confused. It's very, very weird. Because I don't know, just watching this video, it feels like like the BTS guys have been like green screened in or something. It's two things that oil and water, you feel like they would never mix, but you know, here they are, all dressed in black suits. Yeah, it's crazy. They look like spies. <laughs> Actually, they look pretty cool. This would not be the first time the White House has tapped into having pop culture figures speak to the president to promote strong messages. For example, back in 2021, Olivia Rodrigo, our favorite Filipino, visited the White House and also met Joe Biden as part of a campaign to encourage young people to get their COVID-19 vaccination shots. This is also, funnily enough, not the first time the White House and Korean pop music have crossed paths. Barack Obama famously mentioned Shiny in an address in 2017, saying that kids in America were learning Korean in order to keep up with songs from Shiny. So I think that is excellent. Shiny are a great group. Whoever wrote that speech definitely has taste. Dude, I feel like I've slipped into like some weird timeline. Why were they invited if it was like Asian American, Native Hawaiian, Pacific Islander, when they don't really fall under any? They're, yeah, none they're of them Asian are Asian American, are they? No, none of them. None are Native Hawaiian, none are Pacific Islander. Correct. All of them are Native Korean. (laughs) But they're important because they're like youth ambassadors, I guess. And they are very influential Ah. towards, I guess, the Asian American populace. Populace. Wow, fancy today. I didn't want to say, is it common for like a group as big as BTS to like say something and then a lot of people will follow? That's what I've always wondered about celebrities who become ambassadors. It's like, how much do their words have influence? The reason why this was probably put together is like, they were like, who is the most famous Asian pop culture figure right now? And the answer is obviously BTS. BTS fans, are, a lot of them are quite dedicated. I guess it helps people feel you know, seen or like appreciated or legitimized, maybe is a better word. It's like when BTS was invited to the UN to speak for the first time. That was actually a huge event because it was like, oh, look, guys, K-pop is like legitimate. You know, they're being invited to the UN to talk about, I think, bullying among young people or something. And that was before even their American blow up. Blah, blah, blah. That was one of the first events that sort of precipitated that. You know, it, important to note that this you know, wasn't the only event that the White House did for a, a NHPI month. 
it's part of a whole suite of events they did where they, you know, they talked to like a lot of different people from the community. So it's not just like, oh yeah, like Joe Biden talks to BTS. They're absolved Asian discrimination for everyone across. It's just more of a gesture, I guess, to take advantage of BTS's big platform to spread you know, a good message of like, don't bash the Asians. Yeah, that's a relatively good message, I think. Yeah, don't bash Asians. Actually, you know, that makes me curious, Tracy. You know, you have K-pop people um, slipping into the political sphere. Do you think you can see politicians slipping into the K-pop sphere? Like <laughs> Joe Biden, the oh. surprise new member of BTS. Closest I can think of is like TV presenters in Korea uh-huh. slipping yeah. into the K-pop sphere. UJ Sook, who is like the nation's MC, they call him the most mm. well-known TV presenter in Korea, did a song with EXO where he did like the... He actually has a lot of... He has a show called How Do You Play where he just like makes temporary K-pop groups with various celebrities. UJ Sook is not like your typical K-pop person. UJ Sook is 49 years old, but you know, he obviously has always wanted to be a pop star. And so he lives that out by, you know, shows like How Do You Play, but he just sort of inserts himself into various super groups do you think Sai will also um Psy. yeah i mean Sai is old enough to be a politician right yeah he can play the part and he obviously like knows four? and he yeah. knows how to run a company he has business experience Sai for president Sai for next has prime minister the kingdom mm. style it's the key to world peace tracy yeah elect unify korea <laughs> <laughs> you will bring peace <laughs> for sure yeah i think that's a good note to leave it on um yeah, that's it. yeah in other news bts are also preparing to release an anthology album like a best of album on june the 10th called proof so if you're a bts fan then maybe I don't know. Look out for that. Although you probably already know. Yeah, that's us, Asian Pop Nation. If you want more news about unlikely crossover events between Asian pop culture and non-Asian pop culture, please follow us, Asian Pop Nation, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yes, hopefully this collaboration will bear some good fruit further into the future. But until then, we can talk about how cool and weird and wacky this collaboration is. It's almost upside down. Speaking of Upside Down, that's also the name of our next track, Upside Down by Kang Daniel. Stay tuned here on Asian Pop Nation on Sin. We have a few more discussions to have later, including the Cannes Film Festival and two cool Asian films coming out. But until then, try to stay upright because this one's a banger. Hey hey, this is Asian Pop Nation, and you just listened to Blue Voyage by Lucy. Before that, we also played Upside Down by Kang Daniel and Alive by Light Sum. Well, I'm feeling alive right now because next up we have a discussion about some really, really cool films coming out of the Cannes Film Festival. Have a listen. If you guys are following uh, movie news around the world, you might know that the 75th annual Cannes Film Festival uh, took place on last month from the 17th to the 28th of May. Um, so the Cannes Film Festival is quite a big and popular uh, film festival. I'd say it's probably second to maybe even like the Oscars. Um, so it's quite a big deal. Um, the reason that we're bringing this up uh, at APN is because there are two films that are pretty significant Korean productions. So the first movie is Broker, uh, which is directed by Hirokazu Koreeda, which I believe is a Japanese director, um, but stars Song Kang-ho, Kang Dong-won, Pei Tuna, Ayu, Lee Ju-young. Um, so those are pretty big names in terms of the Korean film industry. 
I've heard a lot of reviews about the movie and how it's a really great exploration into family dynamics. Also, it's worth noting that this movie got a 12-minute standing ovation at Cannes, uh, which beat the 2008 Korean movie Thirst as the longest standing ovation ever given to a Korean film at the international film festivals. Um, so that is Broker. Very excited to watch that. The second movie is Decision to Leave, which is directed by legendary Korean director Park Chan-wook, who you might know as the director of Old Boy and The Handmaiden. In terms of the cast, it stars Tang Wei, which is a Chinese actress best known for her work in Last and Caution, um, or Last Caution. It might be Last Caution. And it also stars Park Hale from Memories of Murder, as well as Lee Jong-hyun and Ko Kyung-pyo and Park Yong-woo. Um, so yeah, has anyone heard of any of these movies or do you guys follow the Cannes Film Festival? Yeah, definitely. I feel like a lot of the critically acclaimed films of the year tend to premiere at Cannes. <laughs> and then later on, they like maybe win an Oscar or something. But it's like a good indicator of what's going to be the talk of the town a little for a while in the film world, I suppose. So you're telling me Cannes is just for like good films? Yes. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, Oscars are like, they're kind of just whatever. But Cannes, Cannes is the thing. Yeah, I mean, well, we're talking about good films. And I mean this unironically. Tom Cruise's new film, Top Gun Maverick, premiered at the festival, apparently. Really? Um, he was also, yeah, he was awarded uh, an honorary Palme d'Or award on short notice. Ah, uh, uh, okay. I suppose people, yeah, because apparently Top Gun Maverick is a really good film. It uh, is. But it's huh. just kind of unexpected to see that in this film festival. Yeah, I thought that was like a more Hollywood sort of thing, but damn, all right. Good job. It's Tom Cruise. Anything is Tom Cruise, and it'll be a Tom Cruise. <laughs> it's Tom Cruise, man. Yes. Ethan, um, of the two films that you talked about today, are there uh, which one are you most excited for? Um, I think personally speaking, I'm probably more interested in the Park Chan movie just because mm-hmm. he's I I've, I'm kind of familiar with the work that he's done, mm-hmm. um, and the movies that he's put out seems to always be kind of the iconic movies uh, when you think about Korean cinema. Um, he's definitely up there with Bong Joon Ho in terms of Korean cinema. Mm-hmm. Autos. yeah he's crazy i remembered watching old boy um when i was younger holy moly that movie was crazy so i think yeah I, i'm leaning towards that as well ethan what about the rest of you guys do you guys which one are you guys looking forward to probably broker <laughs> yeah same i think not necessarily because it stars some notable mm. actors from parasite but i think because i've heard good things about shoplifters which was the 2018 yes. film, the director of Brokers previously directed. Um, I haven't seen it, but again, it was also at the Cannes Film Festival in like 2018, where it won the Palme d'Or. So, yeah, I think it it'd be good to sort of see, especially since it's. I'm not sure how common it is for like a Japanese director to be working with Korean actors. I watched Shoplifters. It was an SBS on demand, so you could actually watch it for free if you're in Australia. I'm not sure if it's still there. But as you know, if, if you want to watch Shoplifters, I, it might be available in SBS On Demand. I, yeah, I really liked it. It, was a, it has a lot of the same themes, I think, as Broker, like, you know, char- like who, who children belong to, um, like how the states, uh, I don't know. It just has a lot of themes um, that, you know, resonate with, I don't know where I'm going with this. Um, but it's a good movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's really heartfelt. It has a lot of cute scenes in it and it wrenches your heart out at the end. I feel like Broken might be a similar sort of thing. But definitely, I think a lot of people will 
be interested in Broker as well, just because Song Kang Ho is in it. Uh, Song Kang Ho was in Parasite. Um, he's also a very popular actor in Korea, so he's done a lot of stuff. Um, Wait, which, which character did he play, Song Kang Ho? He played the main character. So oh, he was okay, yeah. Bad. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's yeah, been yeah. in a lot of movies outside of Parasite, so mm. um, he's a big one. Broker also has IU, who's a very popular um, Korean pop star. Yeah. Um, Yes, so. that might be under, underselling even. I think IU might be the, the most famous person in Korea. Apparently now a really good actress. Like she started off not that good at acting and she improved a lot. And she was in a, a TV series called Mr. Mister, which Korea saw her in and was like, damn, she's good. It's my Mister. And after that, my Mister, my Mister, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Generation. Girls Generation song. <laughs> I got Girls Generation on the line. Outside of my Mister, I think one show of hers that I really want to recommend is a Netflix series called Persona, I believe it was called. It's an anthology series. I think it was about five episodes or something. And it's just such a great, it's very different. It's not your normal K-drama. It's quite art house. I was just going to say, um, the main actress in Decision to Leave, Tang Wei, is Chinese. And she to my, she just speaks like Korean in the trailer and stuff. So I'm interested in what the decision was. Like, why why did they decide to cast? Obviously, obviously she's a great actress, but like, I think it's an interest, interesting decision to cast like a Chinese actress in the lead role in a Korean language movie. I guess I'll watch all of it. I don't care. Yeah? Yeah, I'll watch all of it. Yeah, yeah that's a good way both, to go. Yeah, about they it. both sound super cool. Yeah, I'd go for yeah. it either. Um, I think I would go with Broca because of um, detective. Like, I kind of like detective stuff. Mm-hmm. Through all of it, yeah. So I go with that. So, Ethan, where can our listeners go to voice their hype? If the listeners want to let us know which of the two movies they're most excited to watch, they can hit us up on Asian Pop Nation at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. How exciting, how exciting. Well, make sure to stay tuned to Asian Pop Nation because later on we will be talking a little more about the Cannes Film Festival. But before then, we have a song called Nundongja by Moon Sujin. Hey, hey, this is Asian Pop Nation, Sin's flagship show for Asian pop and Asian culture. So, you just listened to Wish That I Could by Umi, and before that, we also played Nundongja by Moon Sujin, and Anyway by Salah and AGO. Next up, we have two song requests from Matthew, one of them being Shiny Rain from Switch, and the next being Last Eve by Wings of Artemis. Thank you again for your requests, Matthew, but if anyone else also has requests for our show, make sure to hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Asian Pop Nation. But uh, until then, enjoy the songs. Hey, 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 this is Asian Pop Nation. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. The music you listened to just now was Games by Charles, and Charles has been releasing a bunch of new singles in the lead-up to her upcoming August album titled City Lights, so make sure to keep an eye for that. But before that, we also played Shiny Rain by Switch and Last Eve by Wings of Artemis, both which were requested by Matthew. Thank you very much for the song requests again. Now next up we have part 2 of our Cannes Film Festival discussion, most notably centered around a certain Korean actor that I'm sure most of you know about. Take a listen. Also on the topic of Cannes Film Festival, um, we have our directorial debut from Lee Jong-jae, a very seasoned Korean actor, but you may also know most from being the lead star of Sweet Games. And he premiered his film titled Hunt on the Cannes Film Festival's midnight screening session. So um, this story of Hunt is actually set in the early 1980s where there are two agents from Korean Central 
intelligence agency or KCIA. They were both assigned to search some undercover North Korean mall within that agency. And they are played by Lee Jong-jae and also someone else um, called Jong Woo-sung, um, who is the direct opposition to Lee Jong-hae. There's a lot of action. Yes. <laughs> I almost couldn't really tell what it was about. <laughs> oh, well, I, I watched it earlier. And um, yeah, I thought it was interesting. You know, it, it was described to me as like an 80s spy movie. But then I watched it and there are just like a bunch of dudes like shooting and cars exploding and they're all wearing suits. And it's like kind of cool. It's like oh okay, it looks it looks very much like an action flick. So I didn't know um I didn't know that this actor was capable of that sort of thing, like full on directing. So yeah, when it was debuted in the midnight screening session, there mm. are actually a lot of mixed reviews. Oh really? It was nice, but some felt that it was a little bit um too actiony. Too actiony, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. The trailer does show a little bit of that. I mean, it it seems like a really hard thing to direct action. So he's really jumping into the deep end with his first film. Yeah, yeah. Ethan, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, it looks really good. Yeah, <laughs> I think Lee Sung Jae is a really like prominent actor in Korea. So prior mm. to Squid Game, he's done a lot of work before that. So I think this is probably something up his alley that he's probably keen to work on. Do you guys have any Asian action films that you guys like in particular? Oh. That's the three ninjas count. Kung Fu Hustle. Kung Fu Hustle? Oh, oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, Kung Fu yes. Hustle is good. The Shaolin soccer count, it has to count, right? It's, yeah, yeah that counts the, as well. All the soccer scenes yeah. are actually yeah. fight. Yeah. Also mention another film we haven't talked about that's premiering at Cannes, or has premiered at Cannes. Um, Plan 75, has anyone heard of that one? No, I haven't. No, what's that about? So <laughs> it's a Japanese film about... Um, it's like set in the near future in Japan where the government has announced this program called Plan 75, which encourages senior citizens to voluntarily euthanize themselves oh my God. in order to remedy like the aging society. Because there's in Japan, there's that issue of this such a high elderly, elderly population yeah, yeah. that there's a lot of benefits that are going to them. Um, and so it's like a, a critique on that. And it follows like an elderly woman who's decides to be part of the program as well as like one of the plan 75 salesmen and a young Filipino laborer. Oh, okay. um, so it's an, it seems interesting. Uh, I think that's another one to, to check out as well. Uh, definitely big on the social commentary. And I haven't oh. really heard the director before. Um, Tia, um, Tia Hayakawa. So yeah, but she has directed 10 years Japan. Um, yeah. If anyone's heard of that one. No, I haven't heard of that one either, but that sounds interesting. But yeah, cool. This um, this new film by Lee Jong Jae. That's mm-hmm. interesting. I'm very excited. I'm always I'm always impressed whenever it comes to films in which the both the main actor, um, is also the director of the film. The only other movie I can think of is um Walter Mitty. I'm pretty sure, uh, the main actor for that was also the director of that film. But yeah, well, that's pretty. Ben Stiller. Yeah, Ben Stiller. I'm pretty sure he directed that. It's yeah, impressive. yeah, very impressive. You know. But yeah, that's cool. Cool news, Jenna. So if you have any thoughts about Lee Jong-jae or The Hunt, um, the movie, tell us um, on social me- our social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, Asian Pop Nation. Well, what an exciting sounding movie. Can't wait to watch it. But uh, next up, we have Before by Nikki. 
This single is actually the first track of her upcoming album called Nicole, which she had only announced quite recently, so make sure to check that out. But also make sure to stay tuned because later on we're going to be talking about the Time 100's most influential people list. Spoilers, there are Asians there, so we're gonna talk about them. So until then, enjoy the new song. Hey hey, this is Asian Pop Nation, and you just listened to Jacket by Satoko Shibata. Before that, we also played Before by Nikki, which is a track from her upcoming album, Nicole. And we also played I Wanna Be There For You by Nao Kawamura. Now, our next segment, we talk about Time 100's new list of the most influential people. Let's see what our team has to say about this. It's that time of the year where magazines list a hundred of the most influential people and somehow we're here to talk about it and Hell yeah. judge their decisions how many we're, asians are on there of That's course so <laughs> we're of course talking about the time 100 the annual listicle that this news magazine runs ever since 1999 and appearing on the list is an honor so let's judge whether the honor should have gone to some other people um but first let's mention those who we think definitely did deserve it shoot any names any names michelle are Yeo. on there yeah michelle yo yeah that name sticks out to me because everyone's love you know the movie with the everything everywhere all at once i haven't watched it yet <laughs> I, seen that movie. I haven't seen it yet i'm so sorry wait boy that was seen it Woo! Woo! Yeah. she's been listed under titan. Um, titan she's titan. one of the titans Classic Titan, the Amber Titan, the Rogue Titan, Jaws Titan. Just, I think, a term for someone who's, you know, very big in the industry. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's terrible then. Held on a higher pedestal. Yeah, like Oprah Winfrey is here um, as a Titan. As well as Chris Jenner. Who's Oprah Winfrey? (laughs) It's Oprah. Who's Oprah? You know, you get a car and you get a car, or there's like a car under your seats. Oprah Winfrey. All right, we're gonna we have to talk. We to haven't you even after seen the meme. Okay, right, Aaron, we've, got, we've got to talk about this after the recording. Well, I'm sorry, um, I'm <laughs> It's clearly um, not a most influential best of the year to you, then. Aaron. That's true. Oprah should not <laughs> we be. We should have on Aaron's own personal list. Of yeah, we who should. He thinks it's the most influential. You should, yeah. Okay, but who uh, else? But Aaron, what you at least know who Michelle Yeoh is, right? I have no, I don't. Huh? Oh yeah, speaking of Lee Jong Jae, who we talked about last segment, he actually wrote um the little article, the little uh, essentially referee piece for uh, Hwang Dong Hyuk. Um Hwang Dong Hyuk is the writer and director of Squid Game. Oh. Mm. oh so he's yeah. on this list. Being yeah, he's definitely yeah, definitely deserving of that. Yeah. Squid Game definitely influential. I swear to God, in my backyard, I heard some kids in the distance like, <laughs> chanting the you know the first game song, you know, and they're like just random kids. So I don't know. He's one in my book. He's already one. Yeah, yeah. Also, Simu Liu being on the list. Sure. What's that? I feel like it's more like an objective thing. I don't think any of us are really feeling it, but it's like, yeah, he was in Shang-Chi. Yeah. So we'll give him it. What do you guys think? He's there for Shang-Chi. Of Nathan Chen. How is he famous again? (laughs) It's the 
Olympic figure skater for oh US. of course yeah he won gold the one who beat the favorite from Japan yes <laughs> I think I remember Leisha she was quite upset yeah, she about was it last year big mad about it all you know is that people were bagging him for his outfits yes. and I think he's in <laughs> yeah. because he got Leisha so was one many of those yuzu he got so many people like mad during the Olympics. I think that's pretty influential of him, you know. I don't even know who this guy is. All I know is that people were like pitting him against Yuzuru or something, and the people were being like, "Ah, yes, he has the raw athleticism, but he does not have the artistry of Yuzuru." I think it's because Yuzuru was the first Japanese man to win a gold medal, and then again in 2018. And then this year they were like expecting him, but then Nathan was like, "Hey, oh. talk about the real star, um, Xi Jinping." Oh, oh my god, <laughs> we love you, Xi Jinping. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. But your photo, man. <laughs> okay, everyone for- else has a normal photo, but uh, yeah. Anyway, JP, do explain. Yeah, why. no. Okay, for viewers that don't know what's going on. Um, if you search up the Time 100 Most Influential People page, um, you can scroll down and you can see the pictures of all the different figures that were nominated for it. Xi Jinping's picture looks like a meme. It's literally like a profile of his picture, but then there's like his face like astral projects out, you know, and it's like layered on top of it. It looks like one of those. Tracy's losing it right now. Like I can see her and she's like dying from laughter. She's dying. Like everyone reminds me of this. that meme where it's like like the brain. I don't know. Oh, yeah, the brain. Transcended. Yeah, Transcending, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now for those that we feel had missed the cut that deserved it. Ethan, didn't you say you wanted BTS on there? Exposed. Oh, I mean, considering they showed up in the White House, I was honestly a little surprised that they didn't show up here. Yeah. I know they're, they're not a person. Do they count as, like, one person or do they count I as, I would count like, them as seven. one person. <laughs> I think some of these have duos or, like, groups of people, so I don't see why not. Yeah, they have some groups of people, like groups of scientists who did something. Yeah. Mm. I'm curious if the American public knows specific BTS members or if they just know BTS as BTS. They just know BTS, man. Do any of the people here who are not into K-pop know any of the names of BTS members? I just know Jimin because one of my friends was the sister Jimin. I personally don't know any of the members individually. He's the one that speaks English at all the press events. Namjoon. Rap Monster. I just know Jim. Uh, <laughs> he used to go by Rap Monster. Now he goes yeah. by RM because he's embarrassed of that old name. Wow. What's wrong with Rap Monster? It's cringe. It's cringy and <laughs> Cringe. Okay, that explains why when I saw him on the news today, it was just RM. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Yep. That's it. So, that's so it. I'm, I'm the same with naming Pokemon. BTS. Surely we have more names. But if you have anyone that you believe belongs on the Time 100 Influential People list or the APN Influential People list, maybe we'll talk about our most influential people at the end of the year during our awards show if we do it. But yeah, hit us up, Asian Pop Nation, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we'll keep a note of it for next time.
Oh, there's much to love talking about big influential people, but none of them will ever be as lovely as Biba Doobie's new song, Love Song, which we'll be playing next. But beyond that, make sure to stay tuned because our team has somehow found another excuse to talk about everything, everywhere, all at once. I swear to God, I will make sure to watch it. But uh, until then, enjoy the tunes. Hello there, you're listening to Asian Pop Nation on Sin, your one-stop shop for Asian pop. You just listened to Crop Top by Sweet Ass TM, but before that, we also played Love Song by Biba Doobie and Sane by Michelle Limanjay. This was actually the third single of her upcoming EP, so make sure to keep her on your radar. Now, our team will be talking about everything, everywhere, all at once, again, because we have some pretty cool, interesting news about it. Take a listen. Everything, everywhere, all at once is, without a doubt, my favorite movie of the year. I have already seen it three times, once with Xenia and Ethan for our APN first watch reaction thing that we did a few weeks back. Anyhow, everything, everywhere, all at once, I think it gets better on the second watch and the third watch because the plot starts to settle and make sense it's less of a oh what's happening and more of a oh i can see why that happens like there's a through line here anyway we just you know wanted an excuse to talk about everything everywhere all at once because earlier this week it came out that it has become a24 the production company's highest grossing film ever at the u.s box office To give you some context, A24 is an art house distributor. They've made a lot of films like Room, Lady Bird, Moonlight, also 8th Grade, the Bo Burnham film. Um, And also, you know, The Farewell, which is the film that everyone points to uh, as proof of the fact that Aquafina can actually act. So I'm really happy to see that such a great film, such a hopeful film, such a well-made film with so much love put into it is now the highest grossing domestic film um, in the US for A24. Well, Everything Everywhere All at Once has surpassed Uncut Gems to be the highest grossing film in the US box office. Um, in terms of worldwide box office, it still lags just behind Hereditary and Lady Bird. Now, this segment is basically an excuse to talk about fun things related to Everything Everywhere All at Once. One of the fun things includes the Chinese language localizations of the movie's title. Now, during, I think, the movie's ending title sequence, there's just this big title sequence which is accompanied with like a loud noise at the end and the sequence sort of streaks across the screen. I believe the Chinese title comes up then and it says Tian Ma Xing Kong, um, which is also the Singaporean title of this movie and Tian Ma Xing Kong means Pegasus flying through the sky essentially. Huh? But, so that's what Singapore decided to go with. I don't know why they did that. I think yeah. it's by far the worst one on this list. In terms of Tian Ma Xing Kong, I think they did it because Ma sounds like Ma, which means mom. So it's uh-huh. like, a, like an attempt at making a pun. It's not a good pun, though, I would say. Uh. There is a better puns on the list. Yes, the next one on the list is mainland China, which means the entire universe in a single breath. Ooh. And this is like a, a nice poetic name, I think. Yeah, yeah, that sounds It's a bit cool. generic. But like, it's kind of cool. It, yeah. it, it almost makes me want to watch it. Yeah, almost. <laughs> JP still has not watched everything everywhere, despite everyone around him going crazy. I swear to God, I will. Is this the longest recording? I like to sound like a broken record, man. Yeah. <laughs> We're just gonna every time we mention God. everything everywhere, we'll just be like, yeah, and JP probably still hasn't seen it. Yeah, yeah. and me. I've watched the movie now. Yeah, I'm gonna be an old man by the time 
I watch this. <laughs> you and me both, JB. You and me both. Hell yeah. You know what? At the okay, this is what's gonna happen. At the end of the season, we're gonna somehow buy everything everywhere all at once. We're all just gonna like watch it together. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, Tracy. <laughs> apparently, a- there are other names. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, there are other names. Would you believe it or not? Um, Hong Kong's one is kind of fun. I don't know how to say in Cantonese, which makes me a bit ashamed as a Cantonese person. So I'll just say in Mandarin. Okay. Um, it's It means um, just means like strange or bizarre. 女侠 is like I don't know how to explain it, but it's like female superhero superwoman. slash superwoman. Yeah, yeah kind of thing um this is like a pun wanjil means to like to save or rescue something but here they've substituted one for the identical sounding character one which means to play Uh so it's like play saves but it's like saves but play saves like you look at you and you know it's a pun so it's like strange superwoman saves the universe wow the hong kong title is that is that accurate to the plot yeah yeah Damn, I think right. it does. I think yeah. it is. She plays while saving the universe, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I think definitely the best localization of all comes from Taiwan, uh-huh. which is Mada Duo Chung Yu Zhou. Yeah. So Google translates this as King Multiverse. <laughs> yeah, better be like I think you know a, a non-square word would be goddamn multiverse. Oh. Because mother, it literally means my mom's like possessive, whatever. We use it as a sweary sort of thing in Chinese. Oh. Your mom in Chinese. Whoa, really? Yeah. So it means like mom's multiverse or goddamn multiverse. Damn, that's pretty cool. So I think that's the best one. Wow. Has learning any of these Chinese language localizations into any closer to watching everything everywhere or on I think so. Yeah. I can feel it in my bones. I'm having a premonition. I'm sure that I'll watch it soon. <laughs> <laughs> soon. Yeah, I really I like the mainland China's localization. Entire it's universe in a single breath. Yeah, it's yeah, like a, that's a beautiful. Yeah. That's gonna make me watch it. Sing- single breath, though. Any any ideas why they chose that? It just sounds really poetic in Chinese. Like, it's a nice phrase mm. in Chinese. But, think- you know, you can think about the fact that she can yeah. literally, like, switch between multiverses very fast. Mm. Okay, fair enough. It sort of conveys the quickness of the movie, the fast pace of the movie. Well, in Japanese, um, it is every single everywhere no. or at once. Xenia, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that for You're real? Kidding. Apparently, according to IMDb. Oh, okay. So he just transliterated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wow. that's, that's pretty good. I was Japanese. hoping for something a bit more interesting, but oh well. Oh well. Damn. Yeah. This is just, you know, your PSA to please watch everything everywhere all at once while it's still in cinemas, you know, before it goes away, because it's a really great movie to see with the crowd. And if you are as excited about everything everywhere all at once as we are, or as I am, maybe not shaping, as <laughs> if you're super excited about it, please let us know on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Asian Pop Nation. I swear, Tracy, I will watch everything everywhere all at once. I even, uh, I wrote in Sharpie on the back of my hand. See, look, uh, watch everything everywhere all at once. Uh, but while I go ahead and break my promises, our next song is Anything You Want 
by Reality Club. Make sure to stay tuned here on Asian Pop Nation because later on we're going to have a review of an interesting new five episode anime now available on Netflix. Mm, I wonder what it could be. Hey, hey, you're listening to Asian Pop Nation. That sick beat you just listened to was Reflection by Tofu Beats featuring Kaho Nakamura. And before that, we also played Anything You Want by Reality Club and Di Papakawalan by Maris Rascal. Now, next up, we have a review of an anime called Vampire in the Garden. Let's see what we have to say about this. There's a rule I like to make myself that I will never watch a vampire movie. Unless it's directed by Takiwa Titi, which is the only one I've seen, I will never watch any movie. You could blame Twilight for that crap. Uh, Twilight's not that bad, man. Talking language, but seriously, I'm not a fan of anything related to that. Title. Okay, but hey, listen, why are you mentioning vampires, Aaron? Netflix and Wizard is going to release a new TV show, a five-part OVA, a five-part episode called Vampires in the Garden. At the time we recorded this, is directed uh, came out last week, and it's directed by Rotoro Makahira, which is the director here, Yuki Takanaka, which, which I think Rotoro is the one responsible for uh, one project Iro, the Iho thing. It's a trilogy movie that came out, sort of. Yeah. Uh, Vampire in the Garden focuses on two characters. It focuses on after humanity lost a battle with the vampires, a young girl named Mo- Momo managed to have a counter with Finna, a vampire queen, and who both don't like wars and all that stuff with blah, blah, blah. War and discretion, or, well, war and all that stuff. They decided to go on a, uh, go on a quest to find the journey, called, find a place called Eden, which mm-hmm. of course is paradise. And for five episodes, it's not bad i can call that it's not great either really okay. Just, well, okay yeah what so your vibe is uh this movie or not movie this five-parter anime is pretty all right it's just okay 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 i see you know you know what aaron i went into watching this anime with the same sorts of expectations well not expectations i had no expectations all i knew was that uh they're humans they're vampires and uh there's a meeting of a two and i thought it was going to be like really spooky vampire shenanigans but uh, it turned out to just be one big um romantic road trip okay in terms of the story aaron what do you think of it was it like actually good no my like the first episode i thought it was good again it, i know i'm gonna go back to which series when the first came out was attack on titan the first thing that came to my mind with walls and humanity's unbreaking mistakes with the war and all that stuff is attack on titan mm-hmm. again which series did that when the first when the show came out and that was the first ever anime they ever done but now I feel like that every single anime was doing with anything related to walls and stuff is going to be Attack on Titan. Like what happened to Carpenter and the Iron Fortress and mm-hmm. Bubble a bit as well, but no one doesn't matter Bubble. But yeah, with the story itself, I thought it was okay. But the thing is, I wanted more than what I wanted more, to be honest. Really? More of what? More episodes, really. And more building up the characters, really. Because the story is fine as itself. It's not exactly perfect. Mm-hmm. And it's just meh as it is. I mean, granted, I like some elements of the story, like vampires are. Uh, well, the vampires, of course, there's that. But the thing is, though, is that with the main character, Fina, uh, the vampire queen, she doesn't exactly have a taste of blood herself with humans. Spoiler alert, mm-hmm. okay, anyway. But that's actually explained with Momo's character, that she's not exactly a vampire, she's human. Mm-hmm. But she basically focuses on these two as they discover more about themselves, but at the same time, it breaks on a journey to learn about the music of life. Because in Azura, music, dance, uh, anything related to musical anything related to sound and stuff, it's been banned from humanity. But the vampires, there's no rules for that. Yeah, the vampires, they're like rich, snobby aristocrats, and they're kind of just dancing away Pretty much it, all day. Uh... Yeah, but for humans, we don't get any of that. No, we're the humans, poor guys, no music, just industry and factories. 
Yeah, I get the I get the same feeling with this man. Like I feel like the world was quite big. Like there were a lot of things they could have dug into, but um it was almost as if with the limited five episodes they got, their focus wasn't very focused. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, like it was either they could choose to go like super heavy on what the world was or they could focus really heavily on like their relationship. I personally feel like they should have like honed in on that a lot more, like the relationship between Momo, the human and then Princess Fine, you know, the yeah. yeah, the vampire princess, you know, just more more of that, you know, more of the emotional story. But I feel like a lot of it was weighed down by, you know, just plot plot stuff. What do you think? Um, what do you think of the art and just the setting in general, Aaron? Well, I can tell the animation about Wistier is, is again, Wistier is I can't fault them with anything a lot beside well, they have an well, consider this is an OVI. I call it OVI because it's streaming services and all that stuff, but hmm. yeah. But OVA, I think it's well done animated, in my opinion. Okay, yeah, I think so too. It was it was yeah. nicely done, you know. Yeah, I like the details, especially the color settings as well. I think that worked well. Yeah, but- actually, you know what, Aaron? I fell in love completely with um the setting design in general. Like, I like that setting of just like yeah. cold Russia, and then you have that um you have that contrast between the humans' world, where you know there are a lot of factories, a lot of rusty metal. But then you have the world of the vampires where they live in the castles and there are a lot of just, you know, torn curtains, you know, worn down castles. Yeah. I love it, man. I love it. It was cool. It kind of reminds me a bit of 86, really, to be honest. 86? Yeah, yeah, it's, like, yeah it's got some of those vibes. Yeah, yeah, because outside the wall, like, basically like the inside of the walls, it's just the rich people and stuff. But the outside, it's just wall and bloodshed. That's it. Yeah, you know, humans, humans yeah. and vampires getting, you know, just fighting each other. That's how it'd yeah. be. Yeah, but okay. the characters are like themselves. The interaction, I like Momo and, and Phoenix's character. I like the dynamics between the two. They're actually uh, intriguing. Well, uh, yeah, intriguing main uh, main duo. I actually like them. Mm-hmm. But what I don't like was how the side characters don't get a lot of development. No, well, it's five episodes, man. You can't do too much. Yeah, especially yeah. like yeah, especially with Elgro, um, Phoenix child uh, was childhood friend and law and law servant as well. Like I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. He was interesting. Yeah, and you got Nobara and Kubo uh, related to Momo's. Well, mother and uncles. <laughs> I'm sorry, uncle as well. Yeah, her yeah. uncle definitely. I would have loved to see more about yeah, you know his deal with the vampires. Yeah. Yeah. We see flashbacks of it, but more like still images. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Which is I, not exactly. Well, I'm intrigued, but I want more of it. Yeah. Again, man, five episodes. It's not enough. Yeah, but Basically. I'll give credit and credit to you. I like the book. I like the uh, performance between both sub and dub. I can just say that. Okay. But oh. I'm leaning more towards the dub with this one, really, because I like because as much as I like you, uh, Yukobayashi as Phoenix, I like Xanthia uh, uh, Zen- uh, Hanu who plays Momo in dub. Oh, okay. Twenty-two, but I like dub slightly more than the sub. But they're both brilliant. I can okay, say. well, I'll definitely check out the dub. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, this is, this is from NYF Post. So anything with that studio, I'm down for that for dub. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, that music it is actually really good as well. I can give it. They actually sang the songs in dub. This I actually like it. Oh, they actually sang them. Yeah, they sang the songs in dub, which is something that, like, say, Funimation, Aniplex, or Sentai Filmworks, they don't do that in dub. They actually leave it in the sub with a few huh. exceptions. But and by repose, anything with song with the character singing, they're making a dub. Oh, okay. That's what I like about them. Yeah, that's a good sign. You know what? I might check that out. I might yeah. check out the dub. All right. So, Aaron, if this anime were a garden, how many vampires out of 10 would you rate this? That's a terrible joke. Come on, man. It's how terrible. many vampires? How many vampires? If anything, I probably should give this a six. I mean, I want to give it a five so badly because, well, A, the amount of episodes we got. So, uh-huh. that. but at the same time, I'm 
okay with I like the animation, I like the design and the concept of it, and the music as well, and the and the performance, but it's the story and characters and I want more. Yeah. And it's something it's... I really don't get. I mean I'm satisfied with the ending, but I want more of it. Yeah. That's it. I've got the same feeling, man. Except I'll rate it for vampires because I just I'm sadly disappointed they didn't do more. I love the yeah. setting so much. You know, so we so we have mixed reception on this on this series. Yeah, that's how it be. But anyway, dear listener, if you want to also rate the show um, on the basis of how many vampires you do it with, uh, make sure to let us know on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Asian Pop Nation. Yeah, get watching. Well, whether or not Vampire in the Garden is a good or bad anime, we all at least know that it's a better love story than Twilight. Oh, ho ho ho, old funny meme. Speaking of Twilight, our next song is Bondage by Sandy Chan. I don't actually know how that's connected, I'll let you decide. But uh, while you do that, make sure to stay tuned here on Asian Pop Nation because we have a discussion about an interesting man in Japan who wants to become a dog, and we'll talk about the lengths he goes to to achieve that goal. But till then, enjoy the spooky vampire tunes. Hey, hey, you're listening to Asian Pop Nation here on Sin. The song you just listened to was Buying Happiness by Reversing Into Garage, and before that, we played Bondage by Sandy Chan and Noisy Night by Im Dai. Next up, we have a discussion centering around a very interesting man in Japan whose main goal is to become a dog. Uh, let's see what our team has to say about this. So, breaking news, everyone. A Japanese man has spent nearly $16,000 for a life-sized costume of a dog so as to fulfill his dream of becoming an animal. So this man goes by the name of Toko online, and the story gained traction last month after he posted on Twitter a video of himself in the dog costume, rolling around and doing dog things. And it's actually like creepily convincing. Uh, he also has a YouTube channel where he does a bunch of stuff in his dog suit, like uh, playing table tennis. That obviously doesn't work out very well for him. Um, but anyway... The ones who made the costume was Zebet. They're a company known for making costumes and models for film. And uh, they've gone on record to say that there was much difficulty in its creation due to how different a dog skeleton is from a human's. And it ultimately, it took him about 40 days to complete the whole thing. However, the final result of the costume is a full body, like legitimate dog shaped dog costume. And specifically of a collie breed, you know, you know, long fur, almost shaggy looking. Um, so first off, uh, do you guys respect this man or not? To an extent, yes. <laughs> to an extent? <laughs> what does that mean, Lee? It's a nice costume. It's very, it looks real. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's great. It is. He's, uh, you know, he's got dreams and he's like reaching for them. And, you know, aren't we all just people reaching for our dreams? That's true. And like, you know, he's at least he's like, you know, gone out and achieved it and spent $16,000. Yeah, he's it's crazy. Yeah, realistic <laughs> yeah, Aaron, any thoughts? I'll just say the PGY. This guy looks like a complete, nu- I'm going to say nut job. A nut job? Yeah. Damn. Well, he did spend $16,000. That's a so. nut job move. That's a stupidity yeah. idea. Why yeah. would you buy a life-size dream? Of, why would you buy a life-size doll costume? The filler dream, you're going to transform yourself into a furry. No, I think this man is beyond furries, Aaron. I think he's something else. He is 
He has transcended all of those things. He is dog. He is dog. Like, like he didn't <laughs> become dog. He just is, you know, a natural being. Ethan, do you agree with me or are you on Aaron's side? <laughs> Can you imagine like walking around Japan and then you see like a dog on the street the size of a human? Uh-huh. <laughs> I think it'd be cooler if he got his friend to walk around with him, like, on a leash. Yeah, it'll look like really convincing, dog. like, oh, it's a dog. Yeah, and then, like, like if, you, if you're if you walking a dog as well, if you're walking your dog, and you're like, hey, look, my dog can make... Wait, that's not a dog. Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's beautiful. I don't know what to say about he that. He has a video on his YouTube channel where he's introducing himself in the dog costume. Really? Wait, is he talking? No, he has, like, cards, like, paper with nice to meet you and stuff. Really? Yeah, and he's, like, yeah. knocking them out of the way with his paws, yep. like, blindly. Oh but the God. way that he, like, comes into view and sits down is so disturbing. Really? Yeah. Why? Well, what, what do you mean? It's not a dog. <laughs> <laughs> what a dog. Oh man. Hey, listen everyone. Um if you had like infinite money and an infinite budget, what animal costume would you want? And like this would be, you know, full on realistic, you'd fit in it functional. Okay, I know we made fun of him for this. Yeah. Let out all your deepest, not, not... darkest fantasies. Have you right guys here. ever do you guys know Jurassic Park? You know yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how, like, you know the Velociraptors, right? Have you uh-huh. ever seen the Velociraptor costumes that they have for it? Kind so of. It's like, yeah, so it's like this giant, like, suit that people uh-huh. can wear, and then oh. they kind of puppeteer it around. Yeah. Um, oh. I'll see if I can find a photo. Wait, that's they kind did of this, that's They did this, um, there used to be, like, a stage show called, like, Walking with Dinosaurs uh-huh. um, that also used this. I remember when I was younger, I mean, even now still, I used to be obsessed with this kind of costume because I thought it looked so cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think now that we made fun of it, um, I can actually kind of see why you might do this. But I think <laughs> yeah, I know. Different. I mean, dinosaurs are sick. So I don't yeah, really... I, th- I think yeah. it's a bit different though. Like wanting to be a dinosaur is a bit different to wanting to be... Uh, <laughs> Harmless dog. little collie dog. Yeah, one-up this guy, Ethan. The discrimination. <laughs> Disgusted. Discrimination against dogs. Aaron, Aaron, what animal would you That's want? Literally racism. <laughs> no, this is animalism. Animalism. Animal or, racism. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or like Basic- Oh no. <laughs> you heard I- it here first, folks. Wait, so yeah. Aaron, wh- which animal do you want to be? None. None? No, this is non-existent. Primordial sure. soup. You just wanna you just wanna be like nothing, the void. No, I'll just be a human. Just be human? Yeah, humans are animals. We dogs. Woof woof. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's a rise, right, it's a rise of planet the dogs. Yeah, that's what's gonna happen. Lee, would you wanna be a dog? Um no. Like Ethan, no. I think I would wanna be a dinosaur. That's kind of sick. Yeah. Which one? Yeah. Which one though? Maybe a stegosaurus. Stegosaurus. Or a brachiosaurus. Because I Dude, can just those are in massive. The body. Yeah, exactly. I can just like have my own room in the body, you know. I don't I don't think that's a costume anymore. It's like a straight up <laughs> that's house. A house. Yeah, yeah, that's a house. Tracy, we're, we're all just exposing ourselves. You wanna be a rock. Okay. Yeah, just a primordial rock. 
Rock. Yeah, there's Dude. some dude that uh, cosplayed as the Rock from Attack on Titan once. Like he was just a rock with legs, and you know, amazing. Yeah, yeah I guess the, I guess this um dog, what's his name? Toko is yeah, like Toko. a really extreme cosplayer. Yeah, a really extreme mm. cosplayer. That, that could just be it. Uh, Tracy, I think your cosplay would be relatively easy. You don't have to do much. You just like curl up and sit there. JP, what about you? I know you're waiting for exactly. a bath. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the reason I've been asking everyone. I was thinking, um, dude, I'd love to be an eagle. Oh, that would be that's... sick. Yeah, because oh, yeah. I just, I just want to fly, dude. I don't think. I... Wait, hang on. I don't think you get the powers of the animals that yeah. you dress. That's well, cheating. but I mean, but if you, but if you like, um, you know, make the costume well enough and like engineer it well enough, and if I train myself my muscles to you to know have the endurance i could fly you can like pick up food with your feet and stuff yeah yeah or you know like, you know just fly over the buildings you know steal someone's lunch like, ah! but yeah that's what i'd be an eagle uh, but anyway you heard it here first folks we've all exposed ourselves as closet furries uh um <laughs> i i deny this <laughs> i'm not involved with this uh, don't listen to them. But anyway, if there's an animal that you'd be interested in getting a costume of, <laughs> of nice. uh, let us know on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Asian Pop Nation. We'd love to hear it. Uh, well, no matter what animal you want to become, we all know that buying a costume for it is going to be super expensive. So that's kind of sad. In light of our animal theme discussion, though, we have Mole Dancer by Chameleon Lime Whoopie Pie coming up as our next song. Make sure to stay tuned here on Asian Pop Nation. We've got a ton more cool songs coming your way. Hey, hey, this is Asian Pop Nation, and you just heard Vibin by Yolona Garcia. And before that, we also played Mole Dancer by Chameleon Lime Whoopie Pie and Friends by BRB featuring Syrup. So, this is pretty much the end of tonight's show. Thank you for tuning in, everyone. If you missed out on any of our discussions, you can always check out the APN podcast on the SIN website. It'll also have all the shows from the previous weeks as well, so uh, you're not missing out on anything. You've got everything there at your fingertips, basically. If you want to chat with us as well, or put in some music requests, make sure to hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Asian Pop Nation. Again, thanks for tuning in, everyone. It's always nice to be here uh we're going to finish off the night with restless love by Cezairi and our last song we hug by see what's losing featuring missy k have a good night everyone <laughs>